the Bible Study Podcast, episode 137. Today, the Bible Study Podcast completes the study of Luke with Luke chapter 24. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. My apologies for my voice, which is a little under the weather. I hope that won't take away from the completion of the study of the Gospel of Luke. We pick up the story in Luke 24. Remember where we left in Luke 23, Jesus had been crucified and had been laid in a borrowed tomb. And so far as everyone knew at that point, he would stay there. But the story went on like this. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these to the eleven and to the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. It's an interesting story here because it tells us something about the disciples, and it tells us something about their expectations. They did not expect that Jesus would raise from the dead. They, When they were told that he had said that, at least the women, when they're told, they remember that, and they believe. But the eleven... It's just too much for them. They really just don't believe this. And they think that the story the women are bringing back is just nonsense. It's too much. And Peter goes and looks at it, but he doesn't know what's going on. That Easter morning, when we celebrate Easter morning as this great and wondrous event, which it is, we miss the confusion and fear that the disciples had at this time. This is something very unexpected. This is something that catches them completely by surprise. They had no idea that God was moving in this direction. And my belief is that the devil also was fooled into the crucifixion in the sense that he didn't realize, as he probably had agents stirring up the crowds to shout crucify, that he was playing into God's hands, that God was using this death of Jesus, not as a defeat, but as the ultimate victory. And the account goes on. Now that day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. 
About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all the prophets had spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us when he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together, saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is a wonderful story, this story of Emmaus, how Jesus reveals himself to them in stages. First he reveals himself, not physically that they don't recognize him, but he reveals himself through the scripture. He points out to them what they had not yet seen. Now that Jesus has risen from the dead, he can go back through all the prophets, explain to them that some of the prophecies talk about a suffering servant Messiah. By his stripes we are healed, Isaiah says. And some of the prophets, or some of the prophecies about the Messiah, talk about a conquering king. And Jesus is both. But didn't you understand, he says, that first the Christ has to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Well, no, because if you get those two versions, it was too easy to disregard one and pay attention to the one you wanted to hear which was that conquering king. And these two, Cleopas and the other, whose name we aren't told, were looking forward to Jesus as that Messiah. And so Jesus first reveals to them who Jesus is. And then, in the breaking of the bread, reveals that he is Jesus. Just this wonderful story about two disciples, one unnamed, one who we only have the one mention of here in Scripture, and how Jesus revealed himself to them. I've always loved this scripture. And how even though they traveled all day, and even though it's night and you shouldn't travel at night, they get up and they run back to Jerusalem, basically, to tell people the good news, that Jesus is back, that Jesus is alive. And that it is in the breaking of bread. Now, I come from a Christian tradition where communion, Eucharist, the Lord's meal, is held in importance because Jesus told us to continue to do that, and when we do it, to remember him. And so these verses have always been significant coming from that point of view that Jesus used the breaking of bread as a way of revealing himself to these disciples. 
And then finally, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet, it is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and feet, and while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written, The Christ will suffer and will rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out, to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. It's surprising how little time Luke spends on this resurrection portion. He spends one chapter. And this is the final punchline in the chapter here is Jesus appearing to the disciples. And even after he appears, they're thinking he's a ghost. Even after he appears, they're frightened. It's amazing how often when angels appear to people, when the risen Christ appears, it is the first thing said is peace be with you. Because there's a frightening power in the appearance of Jesus, the risen Jesus. His power is present. There are still people who believe, for instance, Jehovah's Witnesses, that there was no physical resurrection of Jesus. Some of the Greeks who believed in the inferiority of the body could not understand the thought of a resurrected Jesus. That was folly to them. This portion of this chapter is very clearly talking about someone physically resurrected. Look at my hands and feet. See that I have flesh and bones. Touch me. Give me some fish. Let me eat it in front of you. This is someone who is here. Someone who is physically here, not a manifestation, not imagination. This is a Jesus who is back. And is a Jesus who has something for them to do. Their work is just starting. And this is the middle of of Luke's book. Remember, Luke wrote two books, and we are going to continue on. I've got a number of different people who've said they like the idea of continuing on to Acts, so we're going to go on to part two of Luke's gospel next week, which is the book of Acts, where basically the power from on high that Jesus promises in this chapter comes, and these disciples are the witness for Jesus, beginning in Jerusalem and then preaching out his name to all nations. And so this ascension is not the end of the story either. So come back next week and we'll start the study of the book of Acts. 
If you have any questions on Luke or on anything we've studied so far, feel free to send me an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on any of the episodes at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hey friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers Podcast, a ministry of million praying moms. And I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers Podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.